Hi there, I'm Pastor Mary Jean Pigeon with Restoration of Women's Virtues. And we are here again today discussing um, a giant spirit of reproach that has come against women through the years, but also against anybody because of the fall of man. We saw last week how um, when, the, when man fell in the garden, it broke our image. We were made in the image of God. And when we were fallen, it broke our image. And so the image of who we think of ourselves, how we think of ourselves from the inside out has been cracked like a broken mirror. And uh, so we were looking at this spirit of reproach that came in at that time. My goodness, we live in such a day, such a day of the spirit of reproach operating. And so um, I, noted, I, I noted that we left off last week with Revelations chapter uh, 12, verses 10 and 11. But First of all, I want to mention what we're going to look at today. The giant enemy, reproach, and we'll define it in just a little bit. And it has come against women a lot through the years, but it comes against everybody. And like we said last week, we call that low self-esteem or uh, insecurities. That all happened in the fall. Can you imagine uh, the fall from glory, from, from God's glory into the universe, into the earth? And it's kind of like falling off a tall building, what that, how that would hurt you. And I know there's times the Lord has said to me, you don't realize what the fall has done to man. We, we look at ourselves and we criticize ourselves and we let that reproach come against us. But he understands <clears throat> what the fall did to us in the beginning. So, so what does it mean and where does it come from? And that's the things we'll look at today. But in Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 and 11, I've been meditating on that a little bit this week. And it says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. So um, it came in a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation. That's an important part right there, you know, is the salvation. Salvation has to do with our health and healing, has to do with our soul being saved and staying out of hell for sure, our health and healing, and it has to do with our finances. Salvation is a, is a big picture, and so many times we just think it keeps us out of hell, uh, but uh, in reality, it's, it covers the whole of life. So now has come salvation and strength, and that word strength there means authority, and the kingdom of our God and the power, there's a supernatural miracle working power of his Christ, Christ being the anointing or the presence of God. So now has come salvation, strength, and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ, for the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. So it, when the accuser of the brethren gets cast down, and that's what we're saying the spirit of reproach is, the accuser of the brethren. And um, when it gets cast down, that's when salvation and the authority of God and the miracle working power of his Christ kicks in to a greater degree. Our authority increases in strength when we cast down the accuser of the brethren. You know, when you're uh, looking to, to step out in faith, any little thing that can hinder your, 
the strength of your faith can be in the way. So when there's an accuser of the brethren gnawing and speaking in your ear or coming up from within in you about things, doubt and unbelief, it, it will cause you um, to not be as firm as you could be. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their life unto death. So um, that's a powerful scripture when I look at it, you know. A loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and authority and kingdom of our God. Kingdom meaning the royal rule of our God. And today is, what's the date today? The November the 5th of 2020. We're in quite a mess in our country. And it's important that we stand strong and speak forth, thy kingdom come, Lord, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what Jesus told us to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we have to cast down and pull down the accuser of the brethren and um, stand strongly. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Jesus bore the sins of the whole world in his body at the cross and by the word of their testimony. So our testimony today, folks, as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is extremely important. And don't let it change just because the natural world changes about you. Stay strong on your testimony for righteousness sake. And it says, by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto death. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> sometimes in the past I've had to like, you know, I don't know if you've ever been around horses or anything, but you get that, they get that bit in their mouth and you can turn them whichever way they need to go. Well, I had to put that bit in my mouth and turn myself towards righteousness sometimes because my flesh wants to scream. And I'm sure yours does too. But we have to uh, keep the word of God in our mouth and stay, stay firm and strong for the Lord. I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation. That's amazing. Now is come salvation. When? When the accuser of the brethren gets stopped. So we need to, to keep that in mind today. Um, and what we say about a situation is real important. Years ago, um, I was walking the block in our house. We've since moved from this house, but we were there for 38 years. And I was walking and praying in the Holy Ghost around the neighborhood. And uh, I was asking the Lord, Lord, is our, is our time here up? I mean, we've been so blessed in this neighborhood and in this place, but you know, neighborhoods run their course sometimes and then, then the property values start going down. Is that what's gonna happen here? And we should go ahead and move? And this was five years before we actually moved, uh, even thought about it. And I was asking him, should we move? Would it be a smart thing to go ahead and move now? And you know what he said to me? He said, if you say so. And I thought, oh, well, I don't say so. I say this place is blessed in Jesus' name. And it really turned my attention to start keeping that bit in my mouth and saying that the neighborhood was blessed and calling in the blessing. And the reason I went there is because we're talking about a giant spirit of reproach, an enemy of our soul. And our country is in a place right now where it has an enemy of its soul coming against it. And people are saying that if this doesn't happen, we're going to lose our country. And I've been guilty of agreeing with that. If this doesn't happen, we're going to lose our country. 
But you know what? That re- the Lord reminded me of that. That when I said that about our neighborhood, he said, if you say so. So as as the beloved in Christ, what we say plays a big part in what happens in the earth. And he doesn't want us to say so. We're not going to lose our country. God's going to always be our God. Uh, The other night I woke up in the middle of the night because of what all's going on. And I was very anxious about it. And he quickened me to the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. Not Vice President Biden, not President Trump. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, lack, fail, or decrease. And I thought, whoa, that just put me at peace, you know? And that's our, that's our secret place. That's our blessed place. Nobody can take the blessing away from you. You have to give it up. And the devil will try to, this spirit of reproach will talk us into giving it up. So don't, don't let that happen. Don't let, him, don't let him talk you into giving up your blessing. But what we say about the situation um, makes, makes a big difference. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. You know, when Jesus rebuked the wind, and I've said this many times, when Jesus rebuked the wind, and then he said, peace be still to the way, to the water, that word rebuked carries with it. He superimposed, he superimposed new direction on that wind. He superimposed the will, his will or the will of God, the father, since he was following after the father, the will of the father, he imposed, superimposed a stronger will upon the will of that wind. And then he, then he dealt with the consequences of that wind. So let's superimpose the will of God upon our land, upon our country. This is a blessed land. God has given us this land. And we just thank the Lord that his kingdom comes. His will is being done. Righteousness rules and reigns in America in the name of Jesus. And everybody, remember how we uh, studied about order? being in proper order, uh, that spirit of reproach, that giant, that Goliath wants to get us out of order because then he has access to us. Everybody gets in their proper order. Whoever's meant to be president gets in their proper order. Whoever meant to be the attorney generals gets in their proper order. Everybody gets into their assigned places. That's the way we should be praying. I was reminded the other day that in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, it says he's going to bring everything back to him. You know, when the, when the mirror cracked in the garden, everything got out of order. And then Satan created uh, like a spider with a web. He created a web of unrighteousness over the whole earth. And uh, uh, the, the kingdom is an orderly place. And God has an order and a position for each and every person. He has a place for everybody and everybody in their place. Amen. So as we pray and believe God for everybody to get in their proper place and function in the anointing that God intended them to have, even if they're far from it right now, that's how we can pray for what we would consider our enemies. But to, to the Lord, there are people that, that Jesus Christ died for. And his heart breaks far and their future is very bleak if they keep fighting against the kingdom of God, kicking against the goads, if you will, like Paul. And there's a lot of Apostle Pauls out there that could be thrown off their horse in the middle of the day 
and uh, be changed forever. In fact, I've seen a few of them on television ha having changes in their lives. So we are dealing with a, a, a giant spirit of reproach and a, and a Goliath. And it's, you know, we're looking at what, what does it mean? It means in 1 Samuel, Goliath, the word Goliath means to, de to denude or especially in a, in a disgraceful sense, stripped to reveal and uncover. So Goliath itself means to take the covers off and to unveil and to reveal things. And, you know, um, that's what's happening right now today in, in our country. Uh, since the election, it's being unveiled that there's a lot of fraud in, in our elections. And we thought everything was all right. They've probably been fraudulent for years. And it's coming to the light now. So, you know, I just did a message not too long ago on Thanksgiving. And, and it really uh, quickened me that the power of Thanksgiving opens up the supernatural. And you and I both know that the problems in this land and the problems with mankind today are, are far beyond man being able to fix them. It, it's going to take supernatural in, impartation of the Holy Ghost to get, to get things orderly. And so uh, we want to uh, uh, stay in an attitude of thanksgiving Stay in an attitude of thanksgiving because remember Psalm 100 says you enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart and into his courts with praise. Well, when you get in, in the gates, thanksgiving opens the door, I saw, to the supernatural. And we need supernatural power today. Please don't try to do things by the natural. But his word is supernatural. And it, has, and it causes supernatural happenings when we put his word in our mouth and speak it out. I know when you're saying it, it seems kind of pu uh, puny. Like, how is that going to change anything? But the Word of God is quick and powerful. I mean, Jesus is the Word made flesh. So you're bringing Jesus right on the scene. And, and that's what David did when he fought Goliath in 1 Samuel 17. You're bringing Jesus right on the scene. And Gol what Goliath did in 1 Samuel 17 was that, what did he unveil? What did he... Uh, stripped down. What did he uncover? He uncovered the faith of a little uh, shepherd boy and the fear in this mighty army of Israel. He uncovered the fears of the people and the armies of Israel and the faith of a little shepherd boy had been sitting out meditating in the field with his sheep. And that's what he un uncovered. And it's, he, when he came on the scene, it says he would defy the armies. I defy the armies of, of Israel. And the word defy means to pull off or to expose as by stripping, to defame or blaspheme or reproach. See, these are hidden things. And we're seeing that in our country today. They're hidden things that have been there all along. And it, it, if we need some Davids to come forth, and I know you're out there, you Davids or uh, Daviettes. <laughs> we'll call you Daviettes. Davids. Sons of God, uh, to, to come out and stand boldly against the Goliath. And it's going to unveil the faith that we have. It'll reveal to us as we take our stand here. It will reveal to us uh, what we're made of. And it will reveal to us, I know it's for me, I've seen the power released in God's word 
because I took it at face value and I applied it at face value. And when I see that, then it reveals to me how that works. And I have that. We'll see later when David took five smooth stones. I have that in my little bag of revelation for the next battle that I have to face. You know, living in this earth is not an easy task. My mother used to say, growing old ain't for sissies, Johnny, to my brother. She was 92 when she, when she went, went on. But I would like to add to that, growing, growing old and being a Christian, an active Christian in today's world ain't for sissies. So uh, each time that we face a Goliath, uh, we learn something. And that's when we should be thanking the Lord. It will enter his gates with thanksgiving. Whatever situation you're dealing with right now, just thank him. Not because of it, but in the midst of it. And thank him. you declare the end from the beginning. Jesus faced his Goliath when they came and told him that Lazarus, the one whom you love, is dead. And he said, what did he say? Four days early, he said, this sickness is not unto death which literally means this sickness is not to the advantage of Satan. We're not going to, I'm not going to let this sickness be to the advantage of Satan. Whatever's happening in the earth today, whatever's happening in our country today, let's just declare and decree as women of God, as men of God, as Christians of the, and, and uh, people of the Lord Jesus Christ, let's declare and decree the end from the beginning. The end from the beginning is this sickness Whatever's happening in our country will not be to the advantage of the devil in the name of Jesus. And then when Jesus got there four days later, four days later, when he got, when he got to where Lazarus was, he, he stood outside the grave and he said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Well, when had he heard him? He had heard him four days earlier when Jesus first got the news this, that Lazarus, the one whom you love, is, is sick. And he declared and decreed that it would not be unto death. Even though Lazarus died, it looks like Lazarus has already died in our land. But he declared and decreed, even though uh, it looked like it was over, he declared and decreed that this sickness would not be to the advantage of the devil. So let's declare and decree that over our land, that, that this is not going to be to the advantage of the devil. We're going to play, pray and believe God for all the people, everybody that's involved. And we're going to believe God for, and we're going to pray for our enemies. We're going to pray for the righteousness of God to be revealed. You know, when um, this scripture has saved me more than once too, when Jesus came on the scene and Martha ran out to meet him, what did he say to her? He said, if you believe, this is in uh, John eleven forty. if you believe, you shall see the glory. That has saved me. Let's just declare and decree that right now over our nation. Lord, we choose to believe you. We believe thy kingdom come, thy will is being done in earth as it is in heaven. We believe that the righteousness of God rules and reigns in Christ Jesus in the United States of America. We believe that, that we have prayed in faith, believing, and that you said that anything we ask in prayer, believing, we shall receive. And many of your children have prayed and believed. We believed 
We believe the supernatural power of God is working even as we speak. We thank you, Lord, for the kingdom of God ruling and reigning in this earth. The blessing of the Lord will continue no matter what. And the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want, lack, fail, or decrease. If you break open that word, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It also means want, lack, fail, or decrease. These scriptures have saved me more than once through the years. If you believe, you shall see the glory. So let's, let's stay in faith there. So Goliath's name means to uncover. When he defies the armies of Israel, it means to uncover. And the word reproach itself, defy, also takes on the meaning of reproach. That's why we, I've always called it reproach. I have this little book called Above Reproach, which comes out of this book right here. And I discovered this as I was searching out my role as a female made in the image of God. And I realized uh, one day that I had experienced that, you know. I thought, whoa, I, I, I know that feeling. I have experienced that before. And I started investigating it. Well, this is, uh, and a lot of women have dis discovered this. But there's, there's also, um, well, we'll see as we go on where... Minority groups have, have experienced it. Women have experienced it. And uh, we'll look into that in a little bit. But the word reproach means disregard, or really to be treated as a second-class person, not, not very important. Disregarded, paid no attention to, treat as an unworthy or regard or notice, neglect to give little attention to respect or respect, to pass over without giving due attention so in other words, you're just sort of like the wallflower back there and, and uh, unimportant. Not, And I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. That's part of that low self-esteem and insecurities. That's part of the broken image, the mirror that erupted, you know. Some people deal with this and they they over um, excel. You know, they, they, they put a guard of pride up around them so that nobody can penetrate that. And then others just with retreat and withdraw and don't develop their potential. But uh, women, in order to fight against this, we've, we've uh, handled it all in the natural. We've handled it all in the flesh. And um, we want to know how to handle it by the Spirit. Amen. The Holy Ghost has an answer for this. And we'll be looking into that as time goes by. The antonym for uh, reproach or disregard is to cherish. So to appreciate and hold dear or to show affection for and encourage. So, you know, when the accuser of the brethren, that's one way to cast him down is it's like I've said many times, the Lord told me you're not saying anything bad and that's good, but you're not saying anything good and that's bad. And that is to not just not say anything bad, but to fill that void with something good that appreciates and holds dear and, and shows affection and encourages that person. That's one way to deal by the spirit uh, and swallow up the effects of that reproach. In 2 Corinthians 10.4, it tells us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, 
casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Wow. Every thought, <laughs> every thought to the obedience of Christ. But that's where it starts. Remember, we said, watch your thoughts. They become your words. Watch your words. They become your actions. Watch your actions. They become your habits. Watch your habits. They become your destiny. Remember that last week? So pulling down the thought patterns, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty. They're supernatural through God to the pulling down of the stronghold, casting down imaginations. Now, the stronghold is a, can be a Goliath. Uh, and, and so casting down imaginations, what does that mean? Well, the way you think about yourself, casting down um, reasonings, you reason things out. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, throw it out. It's not, it's not worth having. And um, casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And then this next scripture, this is right on the end of it, which doesn't ever get quoted. But I think this is great. Having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Having in a readiness to punish all disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. Well, the obedience to what? Casting down imaginations, pulling down those strongholds. And we're going to see a little shepherd boy named David did that. How he, this is a true story that was acted out in, in real life. But how do we relate to that by the Spirit thousands of years later? And it's, uh, this is it, having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled and the obedience of pulling down every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. This, this takes a lot of practice. This is not something, like I said, doing this ain't for sissies, <laughs> you know. Uh, this takes a lot of practice. And um, I was going to read to you a little bit from this, from this book about the story of David and Goliath. This is the Imagines book. Um, Goliath came on the scene, and I've been there in Israel where there's a mountain here and a mountain there and then the valley. And, you know, the Israeli army was here and the Philistines were there. And then there was a, a valley. Well, Goliath would come down from this valley and stand in the middle of the valley and say, uh, challenge and defy the armies of Israel. And he said, uh, send me a man. I thought that was interesting. Send me a man. Send a man down to meet this challenge. I like to note. Notice he didn't ask for a woman. He didn't want to mess with a woman. She'd out talk him probably. Send me a man. And then he said, and if he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then we will be your servants. So whatever you're dealing with, uh, you need to conquer. You know, the, the whole Old Testament shows where the thorns, pricks in their eyes and thorns in their side were where Israel did not conquer their enemies. So we need to conquer our enemies. We don't need to cope. A lot of times churches will teach us how to cope. We don't need to just cope. We need to overcome. You know, we don't want to just cope with something. We want to overcome it. And um, if you be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against you and kill you, then you shall be 
our servants. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. This was actually David's coming out party. Remember what happened to him. He became king after this. And so some, sometimes, even though it's a Goliath, it may seem like a small thing and unimportant, but it could be your destiny tied up in that. Overcoming in this area might involve your fulfilling your destiny. This is actually David's coming out party. This historical event uncovers the fear in the armies of Israel and reveals the faith of the little shepherd boy, setting David up to be the king of Israel. I think it's interesting that the name Goliath figuratively means to reveal, disclose, and uncover. And that's just what it did that day. It uncovered the faith of the little shepherd boy and revealed the fear in the armies. These are the armies that are supposed to protect us. And this little shepherd boy had more faith in fighting this battle than these trained armies did. And, you know, as you read on in the story, he, uh, by the way, David's name means loving. And it comes from a root word meaning to boil which shows passion, you know, a, a passionate love. So David was a passionate young man. And I think it takes that passion, you know. We need to, we need to pray. In fact, I think we'll just um, finish up here. We need to pray until we tap into the passion of God about things. Amen. I remember years back I was praying over a presidential um, election. And uh, I was praying for God to reveal the corruption, reveal, reveal, Lord, show the, un, the corruption, reveal the corruption. And finally, he said to me, and I'm on the floor just, you know, bro, God, I was being passionate. He said, what for? I've already done that and nobody cares. So I thought, well, that's true. He had done it and nobody did care. Now, how do you pray? And, and I, I felt like this, the, the party that I didn't think belonged in that office because of the righteousness versus unrighteousness, uh, had, that person had a destiny. And all of a sudden I saw him as a little boy with a dream. And I started praying into that dream for him and, and God's destiny for him. You know, he... He's destined us from before the foundation of the world. And then Christ came and died for us to get there. So this is important to God. Even though we look at them as an enemy, God looks at them as his potential. He sees his potential in them. He sees what he intended them to be. He sees his son on a cross dying, dying for them. And, and we can't just discount them as unimportant and an enemy. And that's why he says for us to pray for our enemies. That's how we really overcome. I just want to encourage us to um, not to get sucked into the darkness. I'm talking to myself as well. There's a lot of darkness. The, the, uh, Arise, shine, the Lord says, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. Darkness, yea, deep darkness is covering the surface of the earth, but you shall arise and shine. This is our finest hour as a church, as women. We have a dominion in the darkness. We have a, a, we have a lot to say about this. We were brought forth to declare and tell. Let's start doing that and inspiring the men around us to fulfill their destinies. We're the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And this sickness 
will not be to the advantage of the devil because we're going to inspire people and come, come together and believe God. If we believe, we shall see the glory. Amen. God bless you. I'll see you next week.